Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I realize one thing right now uh, is this is crazy world we're living in today. There's so many different things going on. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's actually crazy. But uh, I guess the biggest lesson I learned is, you know, it's hard to have a relationship with God if you don't spend time with Him and and you're not in prayer and you're not you're not in the Bible. I mean like so the the action plan of life, I mean the good Lord you know gave us the Bible and and it's the greatest playbook in the world. Ray Newfeld was an all-star hockey player. He scored a hundred and two points with the Edmonton Oil Kings in his WHL career in one season. He also had a great career with the Hartford Whalers and Winnipeg Jets. But it was off the ice that Ray found what matters most. And that was God. Now, it wasn't an easy, quick journey for Ray. We're going to hear his story as he shares his testimony today on Connections. We're joined today by Ray Newfeld. He's a former NHL player. He played for Hartford in the 80s and then was traded to the Winnipeg Jets. Now, that trade had a huge impact on his life, and we're going to hear about that coming up. Uh, so Ray, you achieved like every Canadian kid's dream, former NHL player. You played in the eighties, maybe with the best logo ever, the Hartford Whalers in the early eighties. Uh, do you remember (laughs) that moment you stepped on the ice for your first NHL game? What was that like realizing that dream? Well, Obviously, a uh, tremendous thrill, and uh, any time that you can achieve that to play at that level with so many incredible hockey players and gain so many. All the guys that I was a young guy grew, growing up and uh, and watching them and, and uh, watching them on television and, and to realize that you're actually there is pretty terrific. So uh, and my first game was a little interesting because I, uh, we were sort of – I mean, snowed in in, in Rochester. I, I got the phone call. You're going up to play in Hartford tonight, and uh, and and so I had me and another guy, Steve Alley, had to jump on a plane and get over there. But we we had trouble with uh, with weather, and we got stuck uh, somewhere. Uh, but the weather wasn't so bad that they couldn't get a plane through. So Hartford sent down a jet to pick me up, and uh, <laughs> it was kind of interesting. A, a Lear jet. We. Me and me and Stevie Ellie jumped in the Learjet and they uh, got to Hartford and then uh, you know a limousine picked us up from there and, and <laughs> uh, drove us down to the arena. We we missed we missed the first period. That was my first experience in the NHL. Missed no way. the first period, but they put us on. The, yeah, so and they put us on the game sheet anyway. And I can remember walking in the room and the first person I bumped into was Gordy Howe and. And Dave Keon and those guys were all sitting in the room, and, and Gordy said, "Well, get dressed. You you got to play. So we need you." So, <laughs> so out wow. I went, and uh, we're playing the Flyers that night, and that was uh, that was awesome because uh, my childhood uh, hockey hero, if you was Bobby Clark, and he was playing. So uh, I got wow. to play against the Broad Street Bullies for this game, which was a great thrill. That's kind of like trial by fire, probably taking on the Phillies, uh, the Flyers back then. <laughs> Uh, it was crazy, but uh, and then we jumped right on a plane that that night because we had to play in Montreal the next morning. So we charted out. Uh, we didn't normally charter in those days, but uh, we, to the short trips into Montreal from Hartford, we would charter to. So I back on the plane over over to Montreal, and then the next day, uh, next morning, I, I was fortunate enough to walk into the Montreal Forum for the first time, and that was an experience I'll never forget. It was totally incredible to see. Uh, the Canadians were out there in their morning skate, flying around the ice, and uh, 
it, it was awesome. It was incredible. I look up into the uh, the rafters and and saw all those championship banners. It was it was a thrill I'll never forget. It was absolutely incredible. Now, was that first experience what you expected? I I didn't. I don't know. I, that's a great <laughs> question. I, whether I expected it or not, I know it was really uh, nerve wracking and certainly nervous to be to be out there, but. Uh, you know, I think as, as a young player growing up, you don't really think you'll ever get to the National Hockey League till you get you're about your third year, second year of junior. And you start realizing that you're, you know, there's lots of scouts watching you play and you start to realize, wow, this might be a reality. I think it was my last year junior that I, I really started to believe, hey, man, I might be able to make the National Hockey League and, uh, and, and so I started to think about that a little bit more. And, and then I went to my first training camp, of course, and I realized, wow, I had a lot to learn to be a pro player. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I spent my first year in the American Hockey League. But, uh, yeah, great thrills, great memories, uh, certainly. Now you had a pretty great uh, start to your career in Hartford, racked up a lot of points, like 20-plus goal seasons, if I remember correctly, from looking at your stats. Um but then in, in the mid eighties, you ended up getting traded uh, to Winnipeg, which is the, your home province. Right. So you think that'd yeah. be a great thing for you, but uh, you've shared before that wasn't necessarily the case, was it? Well, it was certainly a, a different time. I mean, no player, I don't think there's any player that, you know, you come onto a team, you're drafted. I think you're, you'd like to stay with that team, uh, you, you know, your whole career if possible. But uh, the reality of hockey is that's not that likely to happen. So uh, trades happen. And, you know, my first few years in Hartford, I, I sort of was trying to figure out uh, my life and figure out my game and how to be a professional player, how to be able to stay at the National Hockey League level. So I spent some time uh, up and down with the minors, spent a couple years in the American League and and, and and most of one year in Hartford. It wasn't until my fourth year that I stuck with the whale. But, uh, you know, then then uh, I had a number of good years. You're right. I was playing with some terrific guys and Ronnie Francis, Sylvain Turgeon. I mean, Mark Johnson with the U.S. Olympic team, uh, uh, Miracle on Ice was my centerman the one year we had we had we had wow. a, you know good guys good players and and certainly it was a great time but uh, we sort of knew something was going to happen uh, that that uh, a trade was was going to happen well, the fellas just sort of felt something was up and and, and sure enough uh, you know I was the guy they traded me to Winnipeg so you know. Um, that was an interesting time uh, getting traded. One of my first year was in Winnipeg was challenging without to say the least. Uh, I had lots of personal things going on in my life, uh, uh, challenges that I was trying to figure out uh, from a standpoint of off ice and how I was conducting myself away from the arena wasn't very positive. And uh, so getting traded to Winnipeg, me having those struggles, uh, obviously uh, other stories I've told it was, uh, you know, I had trouble with drinking and I drank way too much. And, and so that created a, a problem for me. So when I got into Winnipeg, uh, I sort of fell off that wagon and tried to, you know, started hanging out uh, with different people and drinking way too much again. And that put a lot of stress on my relationships and, and things like that. But uh, were those, know, thankfully, sorry, were those- go ahead. Were those off ice issues? Like, was that pretty common for NHL players back then? You play a game, but then you're going out drinking and and partying, kind of thing. 
I don't think. I think most players would pick their spots. I mean, every there's always, uh, you know, and not to throw any player under the bus, they're all uh, professionals. Mm-hmm. And but I think they like to have to have a good time. I mean, uh, and but they and it's different in today's game than than it, than it was back when we played. So uh, so there there's a little bit of you know having a good time. But guys respect uh, respect the, the game and 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 that they have to be prepared to play the you know. And so they they pick their spots so to speak and and go and they know they have a number of days off and then they'll go have a little fun. Uh, I just used to take advantage of that a little bit. I like to have fun a little bit too much. So. So it became a a concern in my life, without a doubt. It was a problem, something I had to overcome. And thankfully, when I got traded to Winnipeg, there was, you know, some Christian guys on the team that were incredibly, uh, you know, instrumental in my life. They they just were superstars for, for my end. Just the time they spent, uh, Lori Boschman, Doug Smell, and particularly Bosch. I mean, just a, such a great guy, such a great man of God, and tremendous character and. You know, uh, he just spent time with me, and we would talk for hours on end. But that was really my resurgence to rededicating my life to Jesus Christ and and starting to live for the Lord. So that trade was an up-and-down time for me, but it became uh, the biggest blessing in my life because so many things got right with with my life, and and the biggest, of course, being right with God. What was it about uh, all those players that really helped you to recover and to become the man uh, that you are today? Well, I think, I think, um, you know, I, me and Bosch, we, we spend lots of time on the phone today, even today. I mean, we laugh lots. He's a great guy, but uh, I, I think uh, mostly uh for me, it was uh, it was sort of a, an out for me. Uh, those these guys were different. Obviously, they they didn't like to you know go out that often and and so on. So, you know, I became a teammate with my with the other players around the arena and you know traveling and so on. But uh, as far as going out and having beers and stuff, that wasn't I didn't need to. I could sort of gravitate to Bosch. He didn't drink at all, so I, I just became a magnet to him. And, uh, you know, he listened and shared and we talked and we developed a tremendous friendship. But uh, that influence, I, I don't even know how to ex- explain how, how how valuable it was for me. And just that escape, I had a place that I could go and hang out and not feel uh, pressured, so to speak, to be to be out with, uh, you know, or going out or doing whatever I shouldn't have been doing. So, uh, so it was a, a blessing in disguise for sure and something I'm tremendously thankful for. We usually, we often hear from athletes, you know, from vets, the importance of taking rookies under their wing to help them develop as players, but shows us like as Christians in general, the importance of helping younger people develop like discipleship, right? And come alongside and walking in faith with them. Well, and that's such a, such a uh, great, uh, great thought. It really is. I mean, that mentorship, that, that just being there because so many questions like, you know, I can remember coming home off the road trip and, you know, back before I, I got excited to about Jesus again. I mean, I, I would come home and we'd talk hockey, but boy, when I was coming off the road uh, after all those, uh, you know, road trips with the Jets and we travel lots, I'd come walking through the door and, you know, telling Don, wow, you wouldn't believe our conversations. We were, you know, and I was just so excited. I was just on fire for 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 Christ. So I mean, it was just a, a fascinating time in my life, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, all the all the memories of that. It's it's just uh, 
I, again, I can't, I can't be as more thankful than I am uh, for just God having a plan. Like when I, when I got traded to Winnipeg, I mean, honestly, it was the last thing, uh, last place I thought I would ever go to. Uh, happy to go home, but reluctant at the same time. And yeah, and, and God's perfect plan uh, came came to the forefront. What was it like being a professional athlete and being a Christian? Was did that ever get in the way, or or did you get? Um, I don't want to say bullied because you're you're grown adults in in that world. But what was that like? Well, yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I uh, my experience was that when I when I finally said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna live this way, this life within the you know, I just talk about my teammates because we spent basically ninety percent of our life with with teammates um, at that time. But you know, guys would joke around. I mean, guys, you know, in the locker room too, uh, guys and on the ice, they would say different things. You know, uh, to to Bosch especially. Bosch used to take a lot of heat over it, and then I got sort of. Uh, thrown into that mix. I was one of the boys, one of the, one of the, you know, the good boys, I guess, however they yeah. put it. I, I can't totally recall, but yeah, we used to get harassed a little bit about it, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things at the end of the day, it was, they were all, it was all in, in, in good fun. It wasn't trying to be, uh, you know, mean or, or disrespectful in any way. I mean, uh, but it's something that you, you're always, as an athlete or as a follower of Christ, you're always going to, you know, meet opposition here, or there at different times in your life, and uh, you just have to stand on your faith and what you believe, and and uh, be a great example for for Christ. What are uh, you know through your journey of faith and God working in your life when you came back to Winnipeg? Like, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned yourself about God and who God is to us in the midst of difficult circumstances? Well, I, I, I realize one thing right now, uh, is this is crazy world we're living in today. There's so many different things going on. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's actually crazy, but, uh, I guess the biggest lesson I learned is, you know, it's hard to have a relationship with God if you don't spend time with him and, hmm. and you're not in prayer and you're not, you're not in the Bible. I mean, like, so the, the action plan of life, I mean, the good Lord, you know, gave us the Bible and, and it's the greatest playbook in the world, right? So, so I mean, I I, see, I think I would encourage all people, and certainly I, that's what what I find lately, especially with all the the the. There's just so many things going on right now that you really have to be in the in the words. You you know the truth, and and you know what what is truth, and and there's so many uh, you know they so many people are different ways you could be deceived or misled, and. And so if you go back to your true north, which is the Bible, the good word of the Lord, and, and just stay in, in God's word and in prayer and fellowship with other believers and other Christian men or women, uh, it keeps you on the straight and narrow, keeps you on the right path and the right thinking and the right uh, way to process through all the all the craziness. I know with the National Hockey League right now, there's lots of talk on diversion, inclusion, you know, uh, equality, and there's so much talk about that. And you know, this, uh, this whole thing over race and, you know, and I, and I really, I just really believe that, I mean, God put us all on the earth for a reason and he loves us all. We're all children of God. And, and so, uh, you know, we just need to love one another and, and, uh, live that way. Uh, you know, Christ is the greatest example of that. So just follow that example and we really can't go wrong. Well, there's so many great analogies between sports and faith, right? Like you're a gifted athlete, but you don't show up to practice and you don't put in the work, you're probably not going to be at the top of, of the league. But, and 
Same with our faith, right? If we're not practicing, putting in the work, and like you said, spending time in the Bible, then our faith isn't going to grow like Christ wants us to most likely. Yeah, without, without a doubt, absolutely. You know, it's it's that training. You know, we have to we have to train our mind and our body daily to uh, and be obedient to to the Word of God, and uh, and that's what you need to do. You sort of have to get yourself in a, in a in a like a, in some kind of a, a training plan. Like, uh, are you spending time daily? Is is your is there a devotional? Is there something there that you know you? How you how you live your how you're going to live your life, uh, and the best way to do that is to start your day with the Lord. I think so. Uh, I I think uh, lately it's been a big deal for me to to do that, and uh, I just really feel uh, you know the the Word of God through the Bible right now. The words are just jumping off the pages for me, so I can't get enough of it, and uh, nice. I just surround myself with that, and it's uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see where we are in life, even though. It's a it's a crazy time. We always have hope, and we know God's in control ultimately. So, so that's uh, that's that's fantastic. It's good good news for all of us, really. What would you say to young athletes that are entering the the National Hockey League and are you know just going into the unknown and don't know what to expect? Well, my my number one thing I would tell a young player uh, who's trying to become a, 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 a whatever a NHL for a long period of time or just to stay in the National Hockey League, I mean, I would find a mentor, man. I would I would find a guy that that can teach you what it, what what what's required to be a professional hockey player. So, I mean, the twenty year old, eighteen year old kids today are really really terrific players. They get drafted to the National Hockey League. I mean, what do they know really about being pros? And and so, you know, like you look at our Winnipeg Jets and, and you know, you got a Mark Shifley, a great, great guy, uh, you know, solid, solid person, uh, believer. You know, there's so many good things about him. I mean, Blake Wheeler, uh, just a great example of being a pro. So, you know, you really have to watch, observe, and, and get in their hip pocket and sort of, uh, uh, help get them to help you understand what it means to be a pro player. And I mean, that's what I would tell young guys today and find out what, what it is that you need to do to stay at the national hockey league level. And a lot of guys don't figure that out. I played with tremendous players that never got to play at the NHL level because they didn't understand what they needed to do to stay there. And, and, and I think that's uh, a big thing for, for any young player. What, how do I fit in? What do I need to do to improve my game to be an NHL player? Just because I came out of junior scoring 50 goals a year doesn't mean I'm going to be able to do that at the NHL level. So you got to find out where you fit and, and work on those things so you can stay there. Uh, I know today in the National Hockey League, uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, Edmonton Oilers, both have really strong chapel programs. Did they have anything like that when you were a young player? Or it was just other guys on the team that happened to be Christians. You know, back when we played, I don't even recall anything like that even. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so you really relied on your teammates or in, in my case, uh, we were we were fortunate. Uh, we attended Grant Memorial in, in Winnipeg and and uh, we met some tremendous people there. Uh, and I'll, two in particular uh, that I'll that I'll mention are Dick and Shirley Stevens and and they've been just such a inspiration to to my wife and I, and and uh, we've done many many back in those days. We were doing Bible studies with with uh, 
with uh, Jet players and, and with some of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Perry Tuttle and Daryl Sampson. And, you know, uh, so we had great times. And and uh, and I, I just think, uh, you know, that was sort of where we, we found our, our, our fellowship. It was at the church and, and, and through small groups and, and, and through Bible studies. And, and, and that's how we did it. And nowadays, sure, there's chapels everywhere. And I think it's a great venue for young players and all players really to go and just be able to share amongst each other and, and talk about real life issues, not, not hockey. Cause I mean, hockey can dominate yeah. your life, especially at the pro level. So it's good. They have those escapes now and they can, they can go and just be real with each other and, and share how God is working in their life. You mentioned conversations on race and inclusion in the NHL. You're a, a black man that played as a in the '80s. What was your experience like? And are you? I kind of felt like maybe you're saying like what we really need to focus on is bringing people to Jesus, and then that will make everything better. Is that what you were saying? Is that fair? <laughs> well, I mean, ideally that would be fantastic and, and certainly you know I you, you never know how God's going to work through all this stuff so you just have to trust and you know and if we have those opportunities to share I mean absolutely that's what we're going to do uh, but I mean it's a big topic today the NHL is trying to figure it out I mean how, how do we how do we uh, approach this uh, in, in, in the right way and uh, you know and, and so I mean my experiences were were you know, I never had really difficult times from a standpoint. There's a few incidences, which uh, I shared the other day on, 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 on a call and a video that the Jets did with me. But overall, I mean, uh, I, I, I had great teammates. Uh, players within the National Hockey League respected me, and I respected them. And, yes, we said things we shouldn't have said at times. But, uh, you know, it was never uh, vindictive or something that you wanted to carry after the game. It was just it happened on the ice after the game. It was over with and so uh, uh but it is a it is it is a big topic and 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 people are are yeah there's lots of discussion on on how are we better gonna uh, grow the game with all the many cultures we have and and uh and how do we be respectful while we're doing it and so uh you know if i can contribute in that way and, and be a part of of the um uh however they want to roll it out or uh, just live live a, a, a good, in a good way to uh, to help people understand that that we're all we're all important. Uh, we just need to treat each other with respect and and uh, color color shouldn't matter, race shouldn't matter, cultures respect them for what what they are, but uh, don't don't be disrespectful about it. Ray, do you have a pair of those green Cooperalls tucked away anywhere still? <laughs> 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 uh, uh, uh. No, actually, but I, I, I have a few uh, whaler, whaler, uh, you know, uh, sweaters and different nice. things that I have kept over the years. So it is a, it is a cool jersey. It was, it was a great, great. logo, absolutely uh, wonderful. And so I have some of that stuff for sure. Nice. Great, great memories. <laughs> uh, I have my jet ones too, which is nice. And, and uh, and the Bruin one the other day the Bruins were kind enough to fire me off a, one of their jerseys which was nice and and I had a friend out in Grand Prairie where I've been spending lots of time in the wintertime working and he's a big Bruin fan so uh, Cam Neely Cam Neely uh, was kind enough to sign a jersey for him so I just sent nice. that off to him uh, so that was that was cool I thought that was so nice of Cam Neely to do that. 
What's the biggest thing on your heart these days? Oh, gosh. Biggest thing on my heart is, uh, oh, wow, that's a great question. Uh, for me right now, the biggest thing is is I got a number of different things going on in my life and, and, and trying to figure out uh, how that's all going to play out. And, and so I, I just really am, am hoping that, the guy that in some way would use me uh, through a lot of this, this uh, diversity stuff. And that uh, I, I could be uh, sort of a spokes, spokesperson in some way for that. And uh, I think about that. I pray about that. I just want it to be right. I want the message to be right. Um, and, and that's, that's on my heart a lot. I, I think uh, overall uh, the biggest thing right now also is, is uh, you know just my relationship with Christ? It's it's really important to me, and and just uh, growing that and, and and being a good good soldier for the Lord. I, I just uh, those are the things that are on my heart right now in in, in, a, in a big way, huge way. Well, thanks so much, Ray, for uh, sharing your story with us. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it as well. Great station. You guys do awesome work out there. So uh, keep it up. God Thank bless. Thank you, sir. Yeah, big thanks to Ray for joining us, and a big thanks to all of you who have subscribed to the podcast. Keep it going. Uh, don't forget, a new episode every single weekday and lots of bonus material on the podcast that you don't hear on the radio show. We'll talk to you again on Connections.